Hello, Shamai. Welcome to the Run Wales podcast, a podcast to hopefully inspire, encourage and support social running. You don't have to be a runner to listen to this. In fact, the whole series has been tailored to get people out running. But in the same breath, it'll hopefully be an exciting listen if you're already out there. Don't forget to follow us on our socials at Iron Wales. And if you're looking for a running group or more information, do pop by our website, which is also at Iron Wales. Happy running! week's episode hannah and chris are joined by ultra runner extraordinaire reese jenkins and his wife Keris jones to talk about the coastal path challenge and the importance of getting support when you're a runner whether you be just starting out or an ultra runner like reese um we hope you enjoy Hello and welcome to the Run Wales podcast. I'm joined as ever by The Rock, Hannah Phillips from Run Wales. <laughs> the Rock. Evening, evening like home. Hello, you okay? Not too bad, not Good. too bad. Um, today's topic, we're going to be talking a little bit about um, mental toughness, mental resilience. And we're absolutely delighted to be joined by Reese Jenkins and Keris Jones. Welcome, guys. Thank you very much. Hi, guys. You right? I'll, I'll be honest, I first came across you when I watched the the. the the film, the documentary, Lighthouse in the Dark, absolutely amazing. Anyone who hasn't and hasn't checked that out, Hannah said to me, "Check it out. You're going to be totally inspired." It was it was totally inspirational. Looked like looked like quite a journey. Um, for those that don't know what the challenge was, um, just talk just talk a little bit about that that challenge and what it is, and just some of the numbers. Yeah, no. Um, so that challenge, uh, Lighthouse in the Dark, is the documentary about my record-breaking run around Wales. I say around; it was along the Wales coastal path, so it was. 870 miles worth of running, 55,000 feet worth of elevation gain, and we managed to do it in 20 days, 10 hours and 36 minutes. Yeah, Amazing. it was um, a roller coaster of a ride. And a, a world record. So mm. yeah, it was. I should, um, have, I should have kicked off with that world record. <laughs> Congratulations, both. Well, we always had that record out there, and it was just like I guess like a carrot or something like that. But it was it became over twenty days. It, we only beat it by like tw- two hours, which is a difference of like taking like an extra hour here or there for a break. So it was very very close. Touch and go, wasn't it? Yes, it was touch, touch and, and go. go. Yeah, yeah. I was behind the record pace for the majority of the time, and then the final two days. It was just my own backyard and I sort of knew where I was going and I had my friends and family and it just sort of, um, it gave me an extra fire and an extra kick up the um, backside basically to keep moving. So the friends and family, so this is what we're going to touch upon tonight as well. This is why I was really keen to, so we've got a mutual friend, Cardiff Dave, Mm. who is uh, very well known in the Run Wales community. (laughs) And um, when we were doing the initial series of the podcast, he was like, you've got to get Reese Jenkins on. And I was like... I think Reese is great, he's brilliant, but we're getting people out the door, you know? I don't want them to go run the blinking coastal path straight away. And I was like, he might be a bit intimidating. And Dave was like, no, no, no. And we sort of left it there for a bit. And then I watched the documentary and I was like, amazing. What you did was amazing. And obviously people just going on the couch, it's a 5K journey, I'm not telling them to go and do that. But what I was really sort of touched by was Keris's journey with you. Yeah. So Keris came along from day one and obviously Keris was I imagine was massively part of the planning and, and everything and and this is this is the bit I re, I was really keen to talk about was like the support because mm-hmm. like as a as a runner, like a real proper social runner, from day one you need support, don't you? Whether that be a partner, a spouse, family member, even a community group on online. 
um, social running groups, which I can always uh, signpost back to. Yeah, plug that. But <laughs> but it was it was the the, the support that you gave Reese, and 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 I was just really keen to talk about that. Really, no, it's um it's something which not a lot of people show, I guess, and it doesn't doesn't really come across. And I think the documentary really shows how much you need a good support network and friends and family. And yeah, Karis was there from day one. She spent three days before the challenge dotting it out around Wales on the coastal path. You can imagine when you're mapping out a five mile run, it takes a while to yeah. do it for 870 miles. It takes three days and she was just there constantly for three days. It's bonkers, but that's just like a, a little bit of what she did. It was just, um, she kept me going when I felt like just that was it, the end and stuff like that, really. She inspired me completely and yeah. yeah. And once you, once you planned it out, Karis, it all went according to plan. <laughs> Clockwork, is that right? No. Uh, I, think, I think it's just worth saying, actually, it doesn't matter whether you're running three miles or 870 miles, actually. You know, the person that's running needs to really just focus on running, which is why having that support there is so important, so that they can just focus on the job in hand. But no, it did not go to plan. <laughs> no, there was, there was loads of ups and downs, and we learned so much about um, each other, but also um, about what Reese needs when he's running. So I think if we were going to do another challenge again, it would be um, way more efficient. But, you know, I, I suppose, you know, dotting things out and things is... It's like, um, they're not big changes. No. They're little changes, which yeah. if you do enough of them could create a massive impact for us so it's um, just little things really isn't yeah, it yeah and yeah it was a case of I was running but Keris was doing everything else in the background and that's like making sure I'm going the right way making sure I'm safe the weather making sure I've got enough food drink she was cooking the breakfast in the back yeah. of the van every morning yeah. and you, you started off married you're still married now after the challenge which is, which is, which is, which is great which is great um, it's 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 that it's that mental approach, isn't it? Because obviously it's a physical challenge, but I think what comes across in the in the documentary, and I'm sure with some of the other challenges you you, you guys have been involved in, is the mental side of thing. How tough it is for for both of you. Mm. I mean, Reese, you obviously going through that, going through a bit of the trauma physically as well. But I think mentally for both of you, that 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 challenge is always there, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and like I was saying, you know, I really wanted Reese to just concentrate on putting one foot in front of the other. And it got to the point where um, he just couldn't really make a decision or anything. Um, we did have a tricky uh, moment, which you'll see in Lighthouse in the Dark, where you know there's the whole situation and everybody's putting their two pennies worth in what to do. And then I'm like, well, actually, it's Reese's decision. And with hindsight, one of the things that didn't go right, you know, was actually he couldn't make that mm. decision at that point. Um, yeah, it, it was an interesting journey. <laughs> that was a difficult point, yeah, because there's all these different options and people were sort of telling me my plan wasn't going to work anymore, to which is, it is upsetting and you're like, Christ, I've let down a lot of people. Mm. And then, yeah, um, I think what you're referring to earlier is when um, Keris asked them to leave the van and just give us a moment and like, we were properly breaking down in that van. It wasn't like, it was a case of that was a really horrible moment. And I left that checkpoint thinking I was going to have to run 150 miles non-stop to get there. So in my head, I spent the next seven, ten miles in my head preparing myself to being able to go through the night. And you have to do that and you need to build up to it. You can't just throw it on you like they all did in that van. I had to prepare myself for it. And by the time I get to the next checkpoint, the plan had gone back to my original plan. So yeah. it was like a huge up and down moment, which it really drains you physically, yeah. like just mentally, that just mm. laps it out of you. 
And when I got to those guys, I was prepared to get going and just keep on going until we got to the finish line. But I guess luckily we saw sense. You spoke to my coach. And yeah. It is amazing, though, what you, what, you know, when you think about mental resilience, because um, you just don't think you've got it in you. And, and as a support person, I was just like, you know, by the third day, I was like, oh, my gosh, what have I done? You know, how is this going to work? And something just kicks in. And I think that's similar for Reese, but elevated obviously on a mm. physical level yeah i suppose because the pressure's on you as well isn't it yeah, like you yeah. you're carrying him to a certain extent yeah. with with everything going on and everything that that was a lesson learned you know don't try and take on everything yourself i yeah. think you needed i think you needed somebody there to oversee it but actually being the cook and the driver and the counsellor and the <laughs> medic and you know everything you could possibly think of and the wife obviously you know it was it, it's impossible to do that completely impossible it was but, intense wasn't it yeah it was really hard and that you're right the pressure the intense pressure not to break down because actually that lets him down yeah. and actually if you're not at that next checkpoint mm. it really messes things up or if you haven't got the right sauce in the right bacon sandwiches <laughs> he's not going to be happy and that your whole job is to make the whole thing sort of you know seamless it does it does sound like you had the easy bit I just, <laughs> I just, just, I just the doing the running bit. bit was fine i just had to keep on moving I, I didn't have to think about anything else apart from maybe checking the directions and i just knew i'd see keris well we started off doing like seven and a half mile breaks and soon we realized we were losing too much time because i was just sitting down and having food and then just you know, waltzing on down the road and then by the end of it like i think we say in the documentary or i've said it before i went up to like 24 miles before i'd see anyone in the morning and I just wouldn't have breakfast. I'd set off, so then I'm terrible at eating before I go running. Mm. So like, during at the start of the challenge, we thought, well, let's eat good breakfast and we'll just, you know do that every morning. But it wasn't working for me. I was having stomach issues. I wasn't feeling right. So we just thought, all right, what do you do with training? And I usually just go out, wake up, go out the door, and get on with it. And yeah. then when, when we applied that to the challenge, it just yeah, it went oof, started working a lot better, didn't it? I think the irony is, I actually, whilst I was doing everything, I actually had a whole support network myself. So it just gives you a sense of the sort of um, magnitude of something that big for that long, you know, because you do need, you need that overseer. But actually, I have people popping up Cardiff Dave at some point. Cardiff Dave. Um, <laughs> got a yeah. story about Cardiff Dave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, popping up all the time. So, uh, yeah, the irony is that, yeah, there's this support, but there's a huge network underneath, actually. Yeah. And, yeah. And, that, and that's what I mean, like, taking it, well, I'm going to take this back to the girls now. So I've got a gang of girls going through the Couch to 5K programme now, and I'm basically going to say, you go and run and everybody else do everything for you. Yeah. Don't worry about the house or yeah. anything like that. Yeah. Just get people to do things for you. Um, but, yeah, the, the support is, I mean, it's, it's so important the support in in all aspects of it. I think. Yeah, and you can get it from different different sources, yeah. can't you? It's, it's lots of you know a lot of people post on social media. You mean you must have been inspired by some of the messages you were getting again, people joining you at, at the end of the challenge. But if you're just going out the door, it's it's, a, it's an achievement just to get out just to get out the door, isn't it? If you don't feel like because we don't, we all feel like not running not particular days. It's just like oh, just get out the door and do something. Share it with a friend. Share it with. Some, some, some that you might normally run with just message them say, say I've got out and that, that often gives you a boost yeah it's um, well Monday it was like horrendous weather and I was like I just really don't want to go out the door I had like two hours of hill repeats but I just say to myself you take one step in front of the other and you just step out into it and it's yeah. usually not as bad as you actually think it is it was bad Monday I it was just in a caravan <laughs> for three hours holding it down so I, I might take my hat off you for going out Monday well I came back and you know, Keris wouldn't let me in the house until she gave me a towel to dry me off yeah. it was that bad but yeah it's just stepping up to it and seeing it as a different challenge and just going after it really it's, um, yeah 
I always find those days like Mondays that it's, it's when your Garmin never picks up a signal so you go out the front door you're like right well, I'll try and get a signal and you're like come on come on like, yeah. then it resets and... I have like three trackers on me every time I'm like if it ever goes wrong like they, not surely three of them can't break at the same time so. oh don't say that now it's actually weird we've got a wooden table here yeah. um, I, I guess yeah I guess go, go, going back going back to to you, Keris, just in terms of that support that you that you were talking about, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm guessing, and I'm, I'm just make, making some assumptions here, that Risa's got the running bit running bit down. You've got all the other logistics, and and that comes a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety, and I guess you can control it when you're running, Reese, but but you've got kind of the uncontrollable to 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 a degree yeah. to sort of yeah. say it must be a lot of pressure and a lot of anxiety. You, you've done the planning, you've done all that all that build up, and that must bring with it a level of level of stress yeah yeah i mean definitely i mean i'm an xpa so um i'm used to like organizing things but you know quite a lot of attention to detail going on so um there is a bit of a battle that i'm a bit of a perfectionist as well so when things don't start going right i've got to have that word with myself but yeah you're right it is just um it is spinning 50 million plates at once and just again like i said making it as streamlined as possible so that he doesn't have to worry about anything there was a particular instance when I'd slightly miscalculated how many miles Reese was running and it was a really hot day and I don't think he had enough water and it was very bumpy uh, and I had to ring him and say, I'm really sorry, but it's two more miles. And he was like, oh God, you know, that's a nightmare, but okay. And then I realised it wasn't, mm. it was like five more miles. Mm. So then I had to make that very painful phone call to be like, you know, of course, no signal. So I'm having to text him and I saw him read it. He didn't respond and oh. I just thought, <laughs> oh, okay. It's not going to be that bad, but he came in furious angry didn't want to see anybody just locked himself in the van and after he left I did have a little cry because I was like oh Oh, no I've totally like I've let him down but actually it's not to do with that it was the build-up of days and days worth of pressure and stress that just you know makes you a little bit on edge as well but you can't break and is this that and I mean it's in your head you've got two miles and then someone adds on another three miles or five miles and it's again it's the planning I suppose yeah Yeah. I think it was like we prepared to meet around 20 miles and then Kara said that was 22 miles and I was like okay and we were going past um is it Newquay yeah in West Wales so the beach was packed it was boiling hot and I'm just like oh, they're going to be here with, like, there's definitely going to be a clip or an ice can of Coke or something like that. <laughs> and then she messaged, as soon as I was going across the beach and we're not here, we can't get down to you, like, we can't get there. I was like, oh, God help me. And then, I don't know if you know Nuki that well, but there's, like, I think it's Nuki Mountain or Nuki Hill. Oh, no. <laughs> and you have to go up it and then along the ridgeline. It was really, um, it was a difficult four miles, five miles. And my sports masseuse, Keris, had the wherewithal to send him back down the trail with drinks. And he found me laying down underneath a bush because I was literally knackered and ruined. And he was like, do you want a drink? And I was like, oh, he's probably got water, yeah. And he's got his bag and pulled his bag out. And I mean, it was like a tuck shop of stuff. Oh, it was incredible. Nice. And it was, um, when I got to you, I was spitting feathers. But in looking back now, it was, it was, an, an, it was a memory. It's an experience. Yeah. I think, I think that's, that's a perfect example of where you know what's going on and you, and you, you know the, the challenge you know what's going on in your mind you know what you're feeling like physically mentally I guess for you it's more you don't know what's going on and if you if you've not got that if you've not got that contact if you've not got that he's he's, re- he's read a message he's not responded yeah. he's, he's learned by that now I, I, can, I can see in his eyes he's learned by that <laughs> <laughs> reply straight away I don't 
but yeah. I, I guess there's a lot of must be a lot of anxiety around, around actually yeah. what's going on because because mm. you're, you're getting everything back from your own brain to go like yeah, I know what yeah. I'm doing I, I'm, I'm annoyed I'm not, and you're going actually I've just got a guess and sort of yeah. you know so it must be quite intimidating as, you, as, you, as he does finally come and meet you and you're yeah. like well what moods are going to be in what's, what's, what's yeah. going to happen there was a role reversal at one point just outside of um, Tembe and it was really horrific weather and it was blowing a gale I mean like it was really knocking you luckily he was coming inland and not outland otherwise you'd be in a bit of trouble and there was a, somebody was falling over and I don't know what's happened but they've been blanketed up and there was like 10 paramedics running up the trail towards me <laughs> but in my head I'm like she's going to think you. that's me yeah. And then so that I picked up my pace to get to Keris to make sure that she knew it wasn't me and I was perfectly fine. And when I got to her, she didn't even have a clue about the paramedics. Oh. But I, that's like a little tiny yeah. bit of what yeah. she must feel like. And it felt horrible at the time. If he doesn't turn up at a particular time, panic would begin to set in. Because you're like, you know, you, you can we're tracking each other all the time. Obviously, he's got this little red dot, but sometimes GPS will drop. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, where is he? Where is he on this route? And then... Um, um, you think you're really good at directions, but I don't think you're very good at directions. So sometimes <laughs> he would like slightly veer off the exact course, literally by like a couple of meters, which would stress me out. And then I'm like, oh my God, where's he going? And actually he gets straight back on it. And it's probably because there's something in the path or something. Yeah. But, but if he doesn't turn up at the, at the right time or the right place, I'm like, I'm literally driving and back and forward. In a, in a challenge like that as well, everything's probably heightened, isn't yeah, it? Totally. It's not just, you know, everything is, the, the, the tension and things is there underlying constantly. So yeah. that little red dot. <laughs> yeah. I think I can cope with that well, little that red dot. It. That little red dot was apparently in the Irish Sea quite a bit. So oh, I don't know why. No. You were getting people messaging you saying, oh, you're off, you're in the sea. What's going yeah. on? No, 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 I'm not in the sea. I'm standing on the coastal bar. So. This is funny, right? Because I want to talk about myself because I do that a lot. So I go find my friends on Scott, which yeah. is my husband, right? Because he drives lorries. And every time I see like a bad report, I'm like, oh my God, I hope it's not him. But he started cycling to work, right? So today now, instead of coming the, the normal way and because I don't tell him I track him either because yeah. it's illegal for a yeah. start <laughs> we'll we, we, we let, we let it that bit yeah us. but no no <laughs> people need to know these things yeah. but he went over Man More Mountain today oh, and yeah. I was thinking oh I've got a podcast to record tonight why is he being kidnapped today <laughs> you know so I totally get the red dot thing yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think it's a thing with directions as most of us wouldn't admit we're, we're not great with directions yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's generally, a, it's generally a, we're, we're all great at directions we just don't, don't admit we can't read we can't we can't we can't we can't read the medicine funny we just moved close to where Keris was brought up and I'm learning the route quite a while quite, quite well because I'm running around the area so I keep telling her where places are so it's just yeah. a bit rich at the moment yeah. <laughs> <laughs> set a point perhaps I'm yeah. only joking do you run Keris <laughs> no um, no I don't when Reese and I first got together he did he actually did a sort of almost like a couch to 5k for me and we did it and I was running 5k three times a week before work yeah and then I just decided I don't like running oh. I know and so um, so I think I'm just sticking to I really love hiking yeah so we do that a lot together but I'm just sticking to the the support side of it and obviously we run a running company as well so I get yeah. to we get to support loads of like yeah. runners on their first ultras and things so that's really exciting but not for me. Not for you. Yeah. You can I'll always come back though. You can always I can come always back. come back. Maybe one day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very let's good let's have a baby first and then we'll see. Yeah, that's very yeah. true. Yeah, that's really exciting. Yeah, Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. We'll see Reese with the running buggy next. Oh, yeah. Breaking yeah. records with the running yeah. buggy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. There's KTs everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> already, already got those challenges lined up. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs>
Um, go, go, going back to going back to obviously the the, co- the coastal path and the, and the challenge. Just, I'm going to ask you the same, both the same question. And when, Reese, I'll start with you. When did you know you were going to complete it and it was done? And um, I don't think there was any doubt in me completing it. I, yeah. I always knew, even if I broke my ankle, I would, you know, I somehow just figure it out and whatnot. Probably not if I broke my ankle, but um, literally being honest, it was about three miles out. Um, <laughs> it's because. Just before Chepstow and the the bridge, uh, was it the um, Prince of Wales Bridge? Is that what it's called now? Oh yeah. yeah. Um, you go underneath that, and then you go through like this really horrible set of fields, and I've run it before, and it's really like ankle breaking stuff. Mm. And to my, in me, in my head, throughout the challenge, I always knew I'd have to get past that field to get to the finish line. And then when I got through the field, I was like, "It's only three miles left. I know it's all tar- tarmac. I've got two hours to get this done." And yeah, that's where my friend sort of sat me down and just looked at me and said um you know you've got it now and that's when it sort of hit home and i realized it because i just didn't want to take anything for granted really because anything can happen yeah that's just to say you can't really can you no. you don't know what's going to happen on that course I, but suppose. I knew if i had two hours left and i hit myself even then i'd crawl on time tar- tar- <laughs> hopefully in that yeah. quick enough time <laughs> yeah. to get there so that's when i realized i, I don't know when you realized though. i think um probably the first checkpoint of the last day was like absolutely secured it for me because when he left the van in that morning, oh my God, I was like, I just don't know how we're getting through today. He was awful. He was miserable. He was physically broken. I was just like, this just isn't going to work. I mean, an hour and a half later, a different person turned up, like early at the checkpoint, loads of energy. And I was like, this is it. Mm. He's got this thing that is in yeah. him that I've seen before when he's done other challenges. It is there and that is it. That is just going to let him go for the day. But he's he constantly surprises me. Like I, I never... And this is over five years that he's constantly surprised me. But I, I, I don't think, like him, I was ever in doubt because I've watched him over the last five years do challenges and just be, like, absolutely in awe of how bad he can get and how much he can pick himself up. And I suppose that goes back to, to mental resilience as well. Hmm. Yeah. Was was that then? Was, was that just you knew you were going to do it, so you... You, you, always, you set out or was it just because it was later in the day you were in a better mood and you'd oh, God. so it was bad because we finished in FNAF at like 12.30 mm. and then they had me up at 5am the next day so I had like four and a half hours of non-sleep because they wouldn't let me go in the bed they made me sleep in the back of a van and the back of the van was uncomfortable I was having by that point my body was just really when I was laying down it was really rejecting everything so there was this horrible sweat so I'd wake up in my own pool of sweat cramping up and I remember waking up like two hours into that break just saying to Kerry, like, how the hell have we effed this up so close to the end? I'm not going to need to get up in the morning. Like, we were so close. And I'm literally panicking, like, waking up. And then woke up the next morning. Kerry was like, it's time to go. I was like, no, it's not. I need half an hour more sleep, which could have added a bit more time on. She's like, nope, driving us to the start. And, um, yeah, I refused to get dressed. And <laughs> she was like, I'm going to open the van. Your mum's outside. She's going to see everything if you don't get changed. And uh, she scared the hell out of me, so I put my pants on, and then she opened the door straight away, and my mum burst in. Um, but setting off that morning, it was really miserable. We told all the... Keris told all the people, he's not going to say much, he's in a bad mood. And then walking through Penarth, because it's my hometown, I just had these memories of, like, all the silly stuff I got up to as a kid, and I just started saying it to the people I was with, and, like, I really could... I was just, like, just telling them for laughs, and after a while, that walked turned into a jog, and then that jog turned into a run, and then it just literally started going and I just felt the finish line I just knew although I had 45 miles left to go it was still yeah I could feel it just building inside me and wanting to get there it was uh, pretty cool you feel like the weight coming off you as you're going along as well like 
I think just outside of Newport Flats, Flatland, I don't know what they call yeah. it. I was running with a few people and Matthew Pritchard. Yeah. So he's a lovely chap, yeah, and he just talks and talks and talks and keeps it going. But my other friend was with me and he's like, that's the first time I've ever heard Pritchard say nothing. <laughs> because I was running really, really fast and my friends were like telling me to slow down because yeah. I was going to overburn myself. I still had 20 miles to go. But then when we got to the checkpoint, they were telling Keris, almost like telling on me for running really. Like, it wasn't fast, it was like eight minute miles. But at that point, yeah. like, I just wanted to get it done. And they told Keris and Keris was like, nope, just let him run at his own pace whenever he feels yeah. it, he's just going to go and that will happen. And yeah. that happened so much throughout the trip, didn't it? Yeah. I'd get a little burst of energy like coming into the checkpoint to see Keris. Because usually with these things, if they're over in America, Keris won't come. So I don't have her there. On this challenge... I knew I'd be seeing her like every hour or so, yeah. every hour, but I'd see her multiple times throughout the day, and that was a nice thing in itself. We got to see whales, like not a lot of the people have seen it. It's yeah. just like incredible, and we're blessed with such a beautiful coastal path, which I don't think there's many others in the world that stretch mm. around the entire length of the country, including Anglesey. <laughs> <laughs> so, so absolutely stunning scenery, I bet. From oh man, is um, an enjoyable route. There's a place on the Slim Peninsula called Howl's Mouth. And it sounds really intimidating. I, I built myself up for like a couple of days going, oh my God, what's this going to be like? And then we finished the day on Hell's Mouth and it was just like beautiful sunset with a barbecue on the beach. It was really like picturesque. But then outside of Aberystwyth, that's like, I don't know if it was a halfway point, but I just took five minutes to sit down on the coastal path. And I looked to my left and I could see the south and I looked to my right and I could still see the north. And in my head, I was just like, oh my God, I've come this far, I've still got that far to go. Yeah. But it was, it was like an eye-opening moment where I just like, see the entire length of the country which is um pretty special yeah it's amazing yeah. um recovery what did you do <laughs> what did you eat <laughs> oh god um, my diet is horrendous uh, literally i just eat whatever i like really isn't it but yeah. when we do finish i do celebrate i we yeah went, we had a curry straight away as soon as we finished i ordered it from the wrong takeaway um, oh. <laughs> so we actually turned up at the wrong takeaway on the other side of Cardiff no. no order there um, but no took like he's fine with directions yeah. Yeah. oh yeah he's great <laughs> Paris was driving yeah. she offered me the phone I ordered the takeaway and it was, it was my fault yeah. Um, but yeah we went on holiday for a bit and just yeah. really I still run but it's really just whenever I feel like it and I have a coach who helps me a lot with that process because when you finish such a uh a big challenge like that you've built up to it yeah it's almost like you drop off a cliff because you have nothing else yeah i was going to say this because there's a thing called marathon blues isn't there that when you've trained for a marathon Mm. and then when it's done and you're all a bit like sad and like you know what you do because that's you've invested so much time did you did you drop or um this time i was okay because i prepared for it um but previously i've run other races which have taken me like 10 years to get into and i finished it and i've just sort of gone off the edge of a cliff because I haven't had anything to train for yeah. and I'm like I'm trying to fill that void with races which I probably shouldn't be going into because I'm not fit enough to go back into because I've spent so much time building up that race you drop off and you're like oh I can do this one as well I think I signed up for like a 250 mile race and I probably shouldn't have been there yeah um, it was just one of those things where my body I, it was coming towards the end of my season you do work through seasons because you, you can't go 100% throughout the year because you put yourself in an early grade yeah. or you yeah. won't be running for many years um, but yeah, it is difficult to process, but this time, because I've been through it before, I just knew the coping mechanisms and how I'm getting around that, and 
like I'm constantly thinking of ideas and challenges and sort of that helps you as well because you're in your head you're like yeah. I'm going to have that in a few months time but you do need that recovery time otherwise you're not going to need to come back stronger and yeah. improve on yourself it's, it's really interesting I mentioned about the, the Couch of 5k girls at the moment and it's, it's really interesting like obviously I'm no ultra marathoner I'm no I'm not a Couch of 5k person anymore I'm probably somewhere comfortably in the middle and it's mad how all these things are mirrored throughout running. Absolutely. So like, yeah. like once you've done the couch to five k, like you said, I, yeah. I was running five k, and then I just stopped. Mm. And it's it's so interesting that it's just it's like one massive journey, isn't it? It just depends where you are on on the path, sort of thing. I think that you owe it to yourself in a way. So this is what I tell myself. I owe it to myself to give yourself that downtime to absorb what you've achieved. Yeah, because if you don't, you'll never appreciate it. So yeah. you need to take that moment to enjoy it, and we took quite a few months to enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I suppose, I suppose that's similar to the to almost the, the Couch to Five K program. It's like, right, what's what's next? You take it's great to take a bit of time out. You've yeah. done it. You might you might build up to a park run or an event or something, and then it's and like, I okay, think, what's the next challenge? Is and it? I think it's easy to sort of like like you just said, like to dismiss that achievement because you're like you're looking at the next one, mm-hmm. like you know, take the time, isn't it? Like celebrate. It is. It's one hundred percent, and then yeah it gives you those memories which I use them when I'm running other challenges because you yeah. go back to that moment in time when you I liked it when you else. said about Panarch when you were thinking back and things like that and I think that's that's key as well to, to really sort of what's the word for that immerse yourself in the surrounding sort of thing I think my first story of that day was I pointed back to the pier in Voldemort I jumped off that as a kid oh my goodness. and I'm not a good swimmer and I almost like drowned I was horrendous I don't even know why I jumped <laughs> off it to be honest it was just with my friends you know yeah. as you do as a teenager and my friend thought I was messing around but oh so that he messes around with me I was taking on a load of Panarf seawater which is pretty brown obviously on Sunday and it was it was very brown so I, I don't envy you but they were the level of stories I was bringing out dragging up but it distracts you from the pain you're going through yeah definitely so big question what's next baby yeah that's a big enough challenge that'll be the bigger challenge yeah um, so this year in running terms we've got three things lined up and one of them is over in Death Valley in America that is um, Badwater 135 yeah. it's um, 135 miles through the hottest place on earth, up and over three mountain ranges, it's it's. Um, You've done that before, though. I've no? done it before. Not that that, that <laughs> eases it, it but it's, weirdly, it's got a really strong place in my heart. I love the, I just love the challenge. I love the people, so I'll always want to go back to that race, and I'm yeah. going back this year. Um, doing a race called Lethal 100, which is the race across the sky. That's um, 100 miles at 10,000 feet. So yeah. the, I think the lowest it drops to is like 9,000 feet, but the majority Oof. of the time you're at 10,000 feet, so the elevation. Yeah oxygen isn't really there for you and then the big one is um what we've called the free peaks joggle which is um 1050 miles and it's the length of the uk but we're going up and down ben nevis scaffold pike and snowden in the process and trying to break the record that's been set on that as well Nice. Yes, nice. try and do that in 20 days or less. Like, I've got a thing for 20 days or less, haven't I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Are, you, are you along on all of these? I'm um, not on the American ones, but I'll definitely try and dip into the um, UK one, um, taking into account the lessons that I learned last year, um, but probably not as not as intense as I was last year. But yeah, I definitely want to be there as much as possible. Can we make sure you're on logistics and, direct, <laughs> and directions? <laughs> and, and directions, Maybe, maybe yeah. not take away orders. Yeah. But, yeah. She may not be there, but she'll be there like literally guiding oh, yeah. whoever's with me or yeah, if I've yeah, got yeah. a pram and I have to push a pram it's fine yeah. we'll get around it and yeah. figure it out that way they'll definitely they'll, they'll be ways yeah yeah we all adaptability I think is what one of our strongest Flexes, points yeah. isn't it yeah. flexibility adaptability, flexibility yeah. yeah same same
apart from my mobility and flexibility. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, on that, thank you very much. Oh, no worries. I'm no very worries. tired thinking about your challenges yeah, yeah, now. Yeah. <laughs> the carelessness I'm talking about. Not <laughs> yeah, she's got to look yeah. after me as well. <laughs> A tough few months ahead. I know, anyway. right? God, no, thank you for having us on, yeah, guys. It's, it's, no, it's been awesome. it's been amazing, and be, and best of luck for the for, the, well, for the for the arrival and uh, the the rest of the year. Yeah. Thank you very much. Cheers. Cool. Cheers, guys. Awesome. Once again, thank you so much for listening. I hope we've inspired you a little bit. Like we said, do check out Iron Wales for further information, and come and say hello at Iron Wales on our socials. Keep running. Thank you.